Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and in today's episode, we're going to answer your questions and share some advice about how to plan a trip to Walt Disney World or to Disneyland in the year 2023. I'm joined in this episode by my friends Kim and Colleen from Magical Park Vacations and the Park Planners, respectfully, who joined me for an Instagram Live conversation this week to answer some questions about Disney trip planning for this year. We discussed what's new at Disney in 2023, which attractions are scheduled for refurbishment and when, how to make the best use of Genie Plus and Lightning Lane, and alternatively, how to enjoy a vacation without either of these add-ons, choosing where to stay, which you Disney resort you want to pick, planning a first trip to Disneyland, how to get a dining reservation at your favorite restaurants, and so much more. It was a fun and informative discussion, and I sincerely hope you enjoy listening back to our conversation. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share some ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with other members of this listener community, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Instagram live conversation about planning a trip to Disney in 2023. I'm so excited to do one of these this year. We did one in 2022 where we had a Q&A on Instagram live to talk about everything Disney related and answer all your questions. So I am really excited to do that once again today. We received so many questions ahead of our conversation and so I have a lot of questions I'm going to be able to get to. And of course, as we go through our conversation today, if there are other questions that we haven't answered yet or that you think of on the spot, feel free to put them into the chat or to post a question sticker. But my special guests on this episode are going to be joining me in just a second, if I can get them on here, um, who are... Oh, Instagram's not letting me do it. Hang on one second. Oh, there we go. Now they're joining us. Okay. It said it wouldn't <laughs> let me for some reason. <laughs> so we have um, Instagram could be so wonky sometimes. So we have Kim joining us again from Magical Park Vacations. How are you, Kim? Good. How are you? Doing very, very well. And Colleen from, well, it was WDW Park Planners, but mm -hmm. now it is the Park Planners. Congrats on the rebranding. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. Similar to you, you know, something I've been thinking about for a really long time and it was time to pull the trigger. And yeah, so thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. I'm excited to get your insights because while I, as a lifelong fan, just like the two of you, know plenty about traveling to Disney, the two of you don't just travel to Disney as fans, but help support clients in planning their Disney vacations as well. So you are really more involved in the planning process, which I'm excited to learn from you because I always learn from the two of you as well. And hopefully the listeners and those joining an Instagram live will learn a thing or two from your expertise as well. Um, so I want to jump in with some of the questions that were sent in in the beginning um, a few days ago and go from there. And this one is a broad question. And uh, to be honest, this is a question that I came up with just to kind of frame our conversation for today. But we're talking about trip planning in 2023, which begs the question, what is new for 2023? How is it different than 2022? I know we have you know, a new CEO, Bob Iger, or a new old CEO, Bob Iger's back. There have been some changes this year. Um, Colleen, I'll start with you. What are some of the new additions or changes that you have seen with Disney trip planning in 2023 compared to last year? So I think Colleen somehow. <laughs> oh, Colleen froze. <laughs> yes, she did. Yeah. So, Kim, I will turn it over to you while we wait for Colleen. <laughs> 
Yeah, so obviously there are definitely some changes coming in 2023. Um, I know the biggest ones are going to be Tron opening soon, and I know some people have actually already gotten to ride it already. Um, the return of Happily Ever After, the removal of Harmonious, um, those are like some of the park changes that are happening. Um, as far as resorts and dining, things are still opening up since COVID, so we have some return of some restaurants still. Um, and the resorts are just continually to be updated and to change uh, for the better. I think there's a lot of changes happening to some of the resorts, a lot of construction going on. Um, but I think it's all for the better that's coming. Um, may not be in 2023, but in the future as well. That's a lot. And also, I mean, the fact that <clears throat> for me, if you're renting a car, the fact that you no longer have an overnight parking fee as well, is really exciting too. Um, yeah, it's something that I think we've gotten used to. That uh, is is certainly great to see. That's no longer the case in 2023. Um, <clears throat> so, Colleen, um, I know you you rejoined us, so we're gonna we're gonna skip just in case. I feel like you probably missed Kim an Kim's answer. That's what yes, happens with technology. But Kim did a great <laughs> okay. job of covering us off. For, I'm sure for she did. I'm sure she nailed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, those are the technical issues that come up. Well, you know, talking about 2023, we're, we're kind of going through some of the administrative questions in the beginning or some of the items to check off. And someone did send in a question regarding some of the attractions that are going to be closed this year and when they're going to be closed. I did my homework ahead of time. I came prepared because I couldn't remember all of, the, all of them off the top of my head. But one of them that <clears throat> I know a lot of fans are aware of is the fact that Splash Mountain... Um, is not going to be open for the rest of 2023 or the majority of 2024 because it's going into its refurbishment for Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is opening probably late 2024. Um, Tron Light Cycle Run is in preview mode. So if you are going to Walt Disney World in March or the beginning of the first couple of days of April, um, you may or may not have the opportunity to ride, depending on if you have a access to a preview or not, but it does officially open on April 4th. 2023. Um, Disney Enchantment, its last day at Magic Kingdom is April 2nd, because Happily Ever After is coming back April 3rd, 2023. And Harmonious, its last day is also April 2nd. And there's going to be a temporary replacement, which is Epcot Forever, the old temporary show from before Harmonious between that and Illuminations, starting up April 3rd. The last one I had on my list was Rock and Roller Coaster, is under refurbishment until sometime this summer. Um, a lot of rumors circulating about what that means. As far as I understand it, it is just a run-of-the-mill, regular old refurbishment, sprucing things up, getting it in good shape. No major changes to that attraction. Um, but if you're going the first half of this year, likely will not get to experience Rock and Roller Coaster until the back half of this year. Um, Colleen, I'll turn it over to you because mm -hmm. I know you, you sort of missed out on the first question. <laughs> That's um, okay. anything, anything that I missed that you can think of. I know we have Epcot festivals and those sort of come and go throughout the year um, or anything else that you can think of in terms of timing that people might miss out on or get the opportunity to enjoy depending on when they visit Disney this year. Yeah. So like you said, today uh, kicked off the Flower and Garden Festival. So that's the festival going on right now um, that goes on through the summer and then transitions into Food and Wine Festival, which... Uh, I feel like Disney has started to extend all of the festivals a little longer and longer. So now the Food and Wine Festival, which I feel like typically was a fall event, now really kicks off in July. Um, and that's going to go through November then. So um, those are two big festivals that are going on. And then that takes us right into the holidays, which is crazy enough, you know, right around the corner then after that. So um, that's all Epcot specific, though, uh, of course, at Magic Kingdom. That's where we have the special events, um, such as Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which is a Halloween event, obviously. That starts in August. Uh, we haven't gotten dates yet, but, um, you know, again, things start earlier and earlier. Disney offers more opportunities for guests to enjoy those, but that does cut off after Halloween. Um, and then, you know, usually within the week. Disney is transitioning over to Christmas and then they'll kick off the Christmas party. So Mickey's very Merry Christmas party at Magic Kingdom. And those are, you know, special events. They're separate ticketed events. So you do have to pay extra to go to those. Um, but I, in my opinion, they're worth the money. Um, 
I went to the Halloween party this year and it was wonderful. Um, the crowds are pretty low. There's, you know, a lot of special things going on from the parades to fireworks to stage shows, special overlays for the rides. So it really is worth it. Um, you know, if that's something you're thinking about and you're wanting to minimize wait times for rides, that's a good time to get in and you can kind of hit a lot of things. Um, along with all the special um, holiday festivities that they have going on. So those are some of the things to think about as you're looking ahead to plan for the year um, and kind of pick that time of year that makes sense for your family. Those are just um, some of the fun things going on. I'm probably not even touching on all the stuff that there is, but those are those are the highlights for sure. Yeah, there is always an event at Disney, which I remember, mm -hmm. you know, even 10 years ago, you would have to well, maybe not get lucky, but you'd really have to strategically plan when you were going to the parks if you wanted to experience one of these events. But I mean, Epcot, to your point, I, I think there are maybe 30 days in the year mm -hmm. that there is not an active festival that they're transitioning from one to the next. You're talking about really 11 out of 12 months um, when you add up everything in the calendar that Epcot is having some festival mm -hmm. and Magic Kingdom is really bringing those Halloween events earlier every year mm -hmm. and sort of extending them right into the Christmas party. Uh, it's it's really a great chance to, no matter what time of year you go, experience some type of event. Uh, Disney is getting really good about adding a lot of those seasonal opportunities so that it keeps things fresh if you haven't been in a while, gives you an incentive mm -hmm. to go back. And hey, even if you you have been within the last six months, you're going to get the chance to see something new and they change things every single year. They update those parties to make them better, but still keeping a lot of the things that us fans love, like the not the Boo to You parade at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. That has not changed much in, in the last 15 <laughs> years or so because it's really amazing the way that it is. Um, they've added some characters and floats and things like that, but music is the same. So no matter when you go, it's really uh, you always have some chance to see some sort of event, which is great. Um, let's let's go to this question because it does apply to both of you. I get this question a lot um, and it's uh, it's I think it's fun for us to answer. Um, oh, my gosh. Where did it go? It is how much does it oh we're actually i think it, i didn't even write it down but i remember it off the top of my head um how much does it cost to go with a travel planner i get this question a lot kim do you want to address this one yeah i can start off and then colleen can kind of jump in after um so to use our travel agency to book with one of our travel agents it is a complimentary service to use us and we will help figure out which resort that you want to stay at that fits your family and your needs the best um, we will help you book your dining um, and just some of those like basic travel questions that you have um, for going to Disney. So our services at the travel agency are complimentary to work with one of our agents. But then if you want more planning and more detailed planning, that's where the park planners, I got to get used to saying that now the park planners <laughs> will be able to step in um, and help you with more detailed planning. So I will let Colleen kind of talk more about that. Yeah, so at the park planners, which I still have to get used to saying that too now, um, we are a concierge service, which means we are helping every step of the way. So that includes getting you booked, that includes all the advanced planning. We put together a really detailed, customized itinerary for each family um, that really helps them maximize their time in the parks. So um, that's a huge part of what we're doing is, you know, thinking through, um, okay, how are they going to approach their day? And we do get as detailed as saying like, okay, here's what time you should leave your resort. Here's how you're getting to the park. You know, if you're staying on property, you get in 30 minutes early, but here's when you should shoot for arriving. Um, so it gets a very, you know, granular, um, and then we map out a strategic order for the clients to follow for uh, the attractions, the shows, the parades, you know, whatever it is that that family is wanting to do. Um, we take, you know, the kids' ages, their heights, their favorite characters all into consideration when we're putting together the plan for them because it is a very personalized experience. And that's, you know, really what we're offering for our families is we're trying to get to know them and um, helping them prioritize what their family is going to enjoy the most because with Disney, there's so much to do and that's why we keep going back. You're never going to hit it all in one trip. And like Matt said before, Disney is constantly changing and making updates and tweaking things um, and opening new restaurants, rides, whatever it is. 
um, that keeps us coming back. So our job at the park planners is to really help prioritize what that family specifically is going to enjoy the most um, and help them focus in on those things. So uh, we're really eliminating the guesswork for them and, and thinking ahead of time, okay, here's what rides they're going to enjoy since their kids are these ages, they're these heights, they can do these rides. Um, so really, again, we're taking all of that into consideration. They get a custom itinerary at the end of it um, before they're heading on their vacation. But what's really nice is that our concierge planners are actually texting and checking in with the families while they're traveling. So I always say that's the part of the business that people don't realize they want and need until they're there. And they're like, oh, wait, I can, you know, just text my planner quickly and ask them this little question instead of having to go to guest services and wait for 30 minutes to try and figure out whatever it is. Um, or if they're wanting to pivot and change plans last minute, you know, we're here to help with that kind of stuff and change the dining reservations for them or whatever it is that they need help with. Um, so I feel like, again, that's the thing people don't realize coming into the concierge service that they want and need. But then once they're there, they're like, oh, my gosh, we can't imagine doing it without you guys. So um, that's really, you know, what our service looks like in a nutshell. It is an added cost to work with us. So that's the difference between working with a traditional travel agent versus the park planner. So um, but you know, we clients say well worth the money in their eyes um, to really help them get the most out of their vacation. I'm one of those clients. I, you know, I, I always <laughs> thought that I, I knew everything there was to know about Disney trip planning. <laughs> I mean, you all listening to the podcast know that I know a thing or two about Disney. Um, I've, I've been there a few times, worked there. And I thought in the past, you know, I don't really, I, I like planning. I don't, I don't need a travel agent. I don't need someone to help plan my day, but I have been converted to a different school of thought after working with Kim and Colleen because um, Kim on the park, you know, the vacation side, the, the travel agent side um, makes my life so much easier. I mean, I literally at the point now where I just text Kim and say, here are the dates. Here's where I want to stay. Go. Um, and she just knows exactly what to do, knows my favorite room type and everything and goes and books it. Um, and Colleen on the park planner side, I mean, I, I'm very picky when it comes to Disney. Like there are things that I like and there are things that I, I choose not to do on most vacations. And, you know, I didn't see the Mad Tea Party or Mission Space appear on my list of <laughs> things to do, which Colleen really knows me well. And she obviously her and her team take the time to get to know everybody who jo who works with them as well. Um, so I can't really say enough, but we'll stop the sales pitch here. I'm going to let the rest of the conversation be a, a sort of plug for the two of you and your teams. So um, let's pivot a little bit to, I know we're, we went into this talking about Walt Disney World, but I, I couldn't resist. I, there's For the last year, I have been pushing harder than ever to get a lot of my listeners who have only been to Walt Disney World to take the trip to Disneyland. Um, I I go there at least once every couple of years. Um, even though I'm on the East Coast, it's far easier for me to get to Walt Disney World. There's obviously, it's my home park. It's sort of where I grew up going to. But I, I've been really thrilled to get a lot of feedback and questions from listeners about taking a first trip to Disneyland. And I got a couple for specifically this Instagram Live asking about taking a first trip to Disneyland. So the first one says, you know, Walt Disney World goer. I've never been to Disneyland. What are the major planning differences? Because there are definitely differences between planning a trip to Walt Disney World and planning a trip to Disneyland. Um, Colleen, uh, or sorry, Kim, we'll go to you first on the on the travel agent side of it. What are some <laughs> of the differences in sort of planning out a trip to Disneyland for someone who has really only been to Walt Disney World? Yeah, so the major difference like on the agency side of things when actually booking someone is the hotels. There are so many hotels to choose from on Walt Disney World property, and they're not, obviously there are some that are very convenient and right next to the parks in Walt Disney World, but it's completely different in Disneyland where it's pretty much like walking distance to the parks. And there's only three technically Disney parks that you can go to and stay at. There are a lot more good neighbor hotels out in Disneyland that people do stay and do take advantage of because they're so close to Disneyland that you can also walk from those resorts over to Disneyland. So that's like a major difference just 
right off the bat, like where you're going to stay is completely different than Disney World. Um, and along those same lines is just the size. Disney World is huge. It's 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 big. And Disneyland is not as big. It's not as overwhelming as um, Disney World is. And you don't need as many ticket days usually um, when you go to Disneyland as well either, because again, there's only two parks in Disneyland versus the four parks in Disney World. So um, from the agency side of things, when people come to us to book for Disneyland, those are like the major differences that people kind of are like, oh, like there's only three resorts to stay at it at Disneyland versus I, there's like over 30 in Disney World to choose from. So um, I will kind of give it to Colleen to talk more on like the actual planning part of uh, the Disneyland trips for first timers. So planning wise, um, I was actually just out in Disneyland. When was that? Almost a month ago. Um, it feels so much longer. I'm antsy to go back already. <laughs> clearly. Um, Me too. Yeah, it's I love it out there. Truly. I mean, I grew up going to Walt Disney World, but there's something special about Disneyland. Um, you know, obviously, it's the park that Walt built himself. So there's so much history there. Um, and there's a lot of similarities to Walt Disney World, but there's a lot of differences too. Um, from a planning perspective, you know, the similarity would be your window for booking, dining. So from a logistics perspective is the same. It's 60 days out. Um, you still need to know in advance, you know, which restaurants you're wanting to go to. Um, I don't want to say it's less competitive because depending on the time of year when you're going, you know, Disneyland dining reservations can be just as competitive. Um, but, you know, I would say we have better luck helping get clients in if they're within the 60 day window, because we'll see that families aren't really booking quite as far out as our Walt Disney World clients. They're kind of planning last minute trips um, and families tend to tack it on to you know, another vacation that they're already taking, or if they're going out for a wedding out to California or something, they're adding on a few days at Disneyland. So um, a lot of the times we're already within that 60 day window and we tend to see um, more reservation availability than we do for Walt Disney World. So, um, you know, pros and cons there. You still have to have park reservations, um, still have to book those dining reservations. And then Genie Plus is, a major similarity but difference um, between the two. Having just used it recently, um, it is much easier at Disneyland. I think, you know, a few reasons for that. The demand is a little bit less out there. Um, it's a lot of locals that are also going to the parks, so they're not spending the money. So I do think that's what makes it a little bit easier. You can't make your first selections until you scan into the park too, whereas with Walt Disney World, 7 a.m. everybody's on their phone from wherever they are, whether it's in their hotel room, on the bus, everyone is on at 7 a.m. making that first selection before they even get to the parks. So I think, you know, at Disneyland, since you can't book anything till you scan in, obviously it's kind of phasing people in as they're arriving to the park. So um, from our perspective for planning, we give a lot of guidance and um you know, structure for our families and teaching them how to use Genie Plus. It's a different mindset at each of the two parks. So um, with Disneyland, you know, your return times for booking windows are much quicker turnarounds. So it's not like, okay, you have to strategically think like, okay, I want to ride Frozen at Epcot tonight. So I still need to book it first thing in the morning, which sounds crazy. Like you're booking it at 7 a.m. for a 6 p.m. return time, but that's what it is. Um, whereas at Disneyland, even the most popular rides um, are still available throughout the entire day. Disney World, they sell out very quickly or book up really quickly. Um, so I would say those are some of the major planning differences that we take into consideration when, you know, helping structure our family's days for them. Um, I feel like it's a lot less stressful at Disneyland, which is nice. So I always recommend to families because sometimes we'll have people reach out that say, you know, we want to do a Disney trip. We don't know which destination makes more sense. If it's a family with young kids, it's their first time ever. Disneyland's really great because like Kim said, it's so small and manageable and the resorts are right there. Everything is a 10 minute walk. Um, so nothing is super far. You're not taking transportation. So for the convenience factor with little ones, it's easy to pop back and forth from the parks if you need to go back for naps. Um, and just you know having the two parks only 
again, makes it a little more manageable. Um, so lots of pros and cons, you know, you're missing out on two, like there's four parks at Disney World, only two at Disneyland, you know, there's things you're missing out on, but um, it's great for starting out. Or if you're an avid Disney World lover, it's, you know, fun to experience the differences um, with attractions, with restaurants, whatever. Um, so, you know, it was, it's worth a visit. Oh, it's certainly worth a visit at least once. I definitely agree that it's a more casual experience going to Disneyland. Mm -hmm. I think it surprises a lot of people that, yes, there are going to be wait times, the standby queue for Space Mountain. That's still going to be 60 minutes on a on an average day, just like at um, <clears throat> at Walt Disney World. But I mean, Colleen, to your point, I the last time I went to Disneyland, I flew out. And, you know, on a weekday, I didn't get to, mm -hmm. uh, to Los Angeles and I flew into LAX. I didn't get to Los Angeles until about one o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't get to Disneyland until three o'clock in the afternoon. I had a ticket for that day. I scanned into the park. I had purchased Genie Plus. I went into the app thinking there's going to be nothing left. And I had my picking of anything I wanted. A Haunted Mansion Holiday is the one that I picked because I went in September and I had to experience Haunted Mansion Holiday, but that's such a high demand attraction during the mm -hmm. Halloween season. And I got that for 3.30 and I got into the park mm -hmm. at three o'clock and then rode that and then looked back and I had the chance to get something else for like 45 minutes from then. And it was so simple to use Genie Plus in Disneyland. And for me, especially if you're only there for a day or two, it's really a no-brainer to just tack it on mm -hmm. to your park ticket um if you can swing it i mean granted you can get a lot done in both parks and you can absolutely do everything in both parks in a couple of days but i mean you'll have the chance to re-ride attractions and enjoy so much more if you if you tack on genie plus there um you know this was a question that came up that was walt disney world specific so maybe we'll jump back to walt disney world a lot of people asking about genie plus and lightning lane to questions that are specific to this that came up frequently um one i'll start with is let's let's imagine that we are planning to use genie plus or you know in the in the individual lightning lane um <clears throat> two parts to this one how does it work um and two do you have any advice to sort of make the most of it um colleen i'll throw this one over to you first because i know that this is mm -hmm. something that you really work with clients on a lot um so let's address that question of of how does it work <laughs> especially when it relates to genie plus like there's genie plus there's lightning lane i know this was introduced in 2022 mm -hmm. but or 2021 but there's still a lot of questions around it so um how how does it all work yeah um, this is a good test for me to see if i can get my <laughs> spiel out <laughs> i do it so often for clients um I'm going to start with the second question, actually, um, you know, tips and advice for it. Uh, my biggest piece of advice is to make sure you know what you're doing before you arrive. So I'll loop back to, to how it all works. So Genie Plus is the name of the paid system that replaced FastPass. That's the simplest way to think about it. So there's no longer the FastPass system that is gone. Genie Plus is the name of the system. And then Lightning Lane is the name of the physical line that you're scanning into. So instead of the FastPass lane or FastPass line, uh, you're scanning into the Lightning Lane. Lightning Lane is also the name for uh, individual purchases. So to make it really confusing, they use the same you know, terminology there because what Disney has done is for each park, they've taken the most popular attraction and not included it in Genie Plus, and you pay extra to ride and skip the line for that if you want. There's still the standby option for almost all the rides as of right now, you know, with virtual queues and things, sometimes that's been different situations, um, like with Cosmic Rewind right now. Um, but for the most part, there are always standby lines as an option. So that's the terminology is the Genie Plus, the Lightning Lane, and then the individual Lightning Lane purchases just to differentiate between all of those. So Genie Plus, again, the name of the paid system that replaced FastPass, how it works is in the simplest terms is it's a one-for-one -one system. So instead of booking in advance like you were before with FastPass, where you booked your three FastPass one-hour time slots for each you know ride, now you can't book until that day. So for example, the day you're going to Magic Kingdom at 7 a.m., 
that's when you make your first selection. So everybody, regardless of if you're staying on property or off property, 7 a.m. is when you book that first selection for a ride. So again, my advice is know which ride you're gonna be going for prior to that. Don't try to wing it. Be ready to go right at 7 a.m. Um, because things book up quickly. So at 7 a.m., say you're booking Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, um, what you would do is go into the app. So this is all done through the My Disney Experience app. There's a section um, specifically for, uh, it's called the tip board, which is the new area where you can view all the wait times, the show times, but that's actually what you're also booking Genie Plus and the purchasing the individual lightning lanes through. So you need to know how to use the app um, and be pretty savvy with it but also be prepared that, you know, Disney has tech issues. It happens. So um, just something to keep in mind. But then at seven, you're going into the app, you're finding Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, you're going to select that. And then what it does is it gives you a one hour window of time to return and you get to skip the line. So you're going to the lightning lane, scanning in with either your magic band, your phone, um, your ticket card, scanning in and then you get to skip the line so it's a very minimal wait time it's usually i don't know either you're walking right on five maybe ten minutes for like really popular attractions and if it's busy but it's very minimal wait times um so they do a nice job with that where you're really not waiting much um so then once you scan in for big thunder mountain railroad then that unlocks the ability for you to book your next selection. So then you're booking another attraction. So say you booked Pirates of the Caribbean. It'll give you another one hour return time. But obviously, as the day is progressing, the windows of time are backing up. So again, that's like the simplest way to explain it. There are nuances to it. Um, you know, the individual lightning lanes are totally separate. If you're staying on property, you have the advantage of getting to make those purchases at 7 a.m. Also, if you're off property, you can't purchase them until the official park open time. So not the early park open time, but the official when everybody's allowed in the park. So those are some of the little details of it. Um, as you can tell, that was a lot to explain, a, you know, what should be maybe a little simpler, but it is what it is. Um, Disney's constantly been making tweaks to it and adjusting things. So another reason to work with a planner and an expert who knows what they're doing, because, you know, you can tell, again, it's a complicated system, but the fact that Disney is constantly making tweaks and changes and switching which rides are purchases and which rides are included in Genie Plus, you know, it's hard to stay on top of all that. So long answer short, uh, that is how it all works. Yeah, that's a you did an amazing job, Colleen, of, of explaining Thank it you. all. Um, <laughs> I was trying to keep track of everything I normally like to remind listeners of the show as well. Two things mm -hmm. I would add to that are one, um, the individual lightning lanes purchases. Um, if you just wanted to ride Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, which is an individual mm -hmm. lightning lane purchase, you do not need to buy Genie Plus yep. and the individual lightning lane. You can literally Correct. just do that and then just stand by for everything else. Um, and then the other thing is that Genie Plus is a per day, not a per park price. So if you have a park mm -hmm. hopper, it can follow you to the next park. Um, so if you're going to Magic Kingdom to your point in the morning and then you're hopping mm -hmm. over to Epcot at 2 p.m., um, you know, if there's still availability at that time, then you can use Genie Plus in Epcot too. Um, so it's not like you have to pay again at Epcot mm -hmm. um, for that same day. So those are the two things that I just wanted to add because I know I get a lot of questions about those as well. Um, so this, you know, this, and, and the other way I think about it, which for a lot of people who are, are about our age or older, who remember the paper fast pass system, mm -hmm. I, I equated a lot to that, except it's done on an app and there's a cost. Um, so it's like the very, like the one-to-one that's -one, the same exact rules, you know, one genie plus, uh, once you get into the, once you get a, an attraction for one genie plus attraction, um, you know, <clears throat> once you ride it or two hours later, whichever comes first, just like the old mm -hmm. fast paper, fast pass system, um, you can get another one, but you don't have to run to your next attraction to get it. You can just do it on your phone. So that is a little bit more convenient to be able to do it mm -hmm. that way. Uh, but yes, lots of complexity. And I, I second the fact that if you really need help, I mean, this is where Colleen and her team really come into play is uh, helping out a lot with this kind of work. Um, so 
the second question, because I said there were two questions related to Genie Plus, is about not using Genie Plus because there's, mm -hmm. uh, I'll be, you know, I'll be honest, Genie Plus stresses some people out. I mean, it's, you know, the <laughs> thought of like having to figure the system out. Um, and maybe you just don't want to spend a lot of time on your phone. I will say that, um, you know, I've heard the argument that you spend a lot more time on your phone with Genie Plus. Honestly, mm -hmm. I spend at most five to 10 minutes a day on my phone because of Genie Plus. I mean, it's, it's a minimal amount of, of time, but for someone who just wanted to walk into the park, they have a park reservation, they have a match band or their park mm -hmm. ticket. And they say, you know, I want to leave my phone in the room. I don't want to think about Genie Plus. I just want to go about my day. Um, what would either of you recommend? I'll turn to whoever wants to speak to this um, in terms of having a great experience at Walt Disney World without Genie Plus and without using your phone. I'm not sure not using your phone part because I feel like you still will need that just so you can see what the standby line wait time is going to be just so you kind of can prepare yourself and maybe see the ones that don't have really long wait time that look like it may be like a 15 minute wait so you can kind of plan out your day a little bit better. So I don't know if you can, obviously you can do it without your phone. Not sure how many people will actually leave their phone um, you know, in the hotel room, but you can do it. I highly suggest having it though for at least the tip board that Colleen was talking about where you can see the wait times because it's going to show you the standby wait time and then the time for the Genie Plus that you can book. Um, so I would definitely look at those and kind of see what the wait times are. Um, I think it also depends on when you go to Disney. If you're booking your trip, kind of keep in mind if you don't want to use Genie Plus to not go during those busy times. Any holiday, any school break is going to be really, really busy. We just saw last week for February break, Genie Plus sold out a couple of the days. It was the most expensive price for Genie Plus each day. The wait times were really crazy. So um, that would also be one of my suggestions is to go more on a off time at Disney. Disney is always busy, but if you could plan your trip during those non-busy times would help not using Genie Plus. Yeah, it's um I agree it's hard to not use your phone at all. And you know, Disney kind of played off of the fact that people were already using their phones um before even the My Disney Experience app. I mean, I I remember waiting in lines for attractions and people were on their phones, right? You know, you're you're scrolling through social media, maybe checking in on emails if you're at work and you think, "Oh, this is a time for me to catch up on work emails. I hope you're not doing that on vacation." Mm -hmm. Um Lot, lots of people playing games heads up, you know, it's a very popular game I've mm -hmm. seen played in standby queues at Disney. So Disney was already kind of realizing that people were using their phones, which is how the um, My Disney Experience app became a thing and how it evolved to include even more. The fact that you can mobile order is such a great advantage. So you don't have to physically even go to that location to order your food and wait in line. You can just select your window of time to go and pick up your food and mobile order, much like you can at Starbucks, mobile order ahead of time, you know, when you want to pick it up and and go and pick up your meal. Although the difference at Starbucks is it's just from then, like you, this this is a case where you can select a time to come back, even if it's way later in the day to, to pick up your food um, and have them prepare it for you at that time. Um, and the Play Disney Parks app too. I mean, that sort of evolved from Disney realizing that people were going to be on their phones a lot and, well, we can give them some Disney content <laughs> to enjoy on their phones to keep them immersed in that Disney um, that Disney state of mind. So, but yes, I, I really do think, and I've, I've said this before, I will reiterate it, and I have personally done it. Um, you do not need Genie Plus. It is a great way to get more done and to spend a little bit less time in line, but you do not need it um, unless you are spending, like you are overdoing it, you're giving yourself way too little time to do way too much, um, and you must do everything, then you probably do need Genie Plus. But um, you can still have, and I, I'll say this again and again and again, you can have an amazing vacation at Walt Disney World without using Genie Plus, without making a single individual lightning lane purchase. You have to be a little bit more strategic about how you go about your park day, but that's exactly the way it was even before FastPass existed 
in the beginning um, was you had to be strategic about how you went about the parks, which attractions you did, how long too long of a wait would be for a particular attraction. Um, that's nothing new. Um, so I, I I will reiterate that again and again and again because I believe it and I I've done it. I mean, you can have an amazing time and not do Genie Plus if you choose not to do it. Um, but it's a great way to save time and line on a few attractions in a day if you choose to do so. Um, so just wanted to reiterate that. Let's talk to let's talk about resorts. I love talking about resorts. I, mm -hmm. you know, <clears throat> it's no surprise I'm an introvert. So um which is always odd having a podcast and being an introvert, but uh, I, you know, at, I like the resorts. It's it's a way to sort of escape the crowds. Like at the end of a day, as much as I love being in the parks at Disney, it's it's a very extroverted environment. So getting back into my resort, it just feels so homey. Um, and one person sent in a great question that I, I have this battle with myself all the time. How do you decide on staying at a quote unquote home? resort someplace you like to go your favorite resort you like to go over and over again how do you decide on staying at a home resort where you're comfortable versus trying something new how do you balance those two a comfortable resort versus staying at someplace new you've never stayed at before and taking that risk of trying a new disney resort um, I'll go ahead and jump in on this one because i do get this question a lot from clients you know we help really figure out what resort makes the most sense for our families. And we have a lot of repeat Disney goers. So people who have been going to Disney their entire lives, um, they know the resorts, uh, but still are looking for our guidance and recommendations. Um, to that question specifically, I love the idea of doing a split stay, if that's feasible. That allows you to still get the comfort of the resort that you know you're going to love, um, but then it allows you to kind of dip your toes in and try somewhere else that could end up being the resort you want to start with the next time. And then you try another one. Um, split stays are so easy at Disney too, because, um, the Disney will actually like transfer your luggage from one resort to the other for you. So say you were going to the parks that day, you get up, drop your bags at the, um, bag check downstairs with bellhop and they will take care of the rest really for you and they guarantee that the luggage will be transferred to your second resort by 5 p.m from my experience it's usually much earlier than that which is great so you know you go to the park enjoy your day then you just take transportation to your new resort and then you're there and your luggage is there and your room you know is usually ready around the same time as the luggage is arriving so it's a very easy convenient um way to to test out the waters in somewhere new that you know you may not want to commit to an entire week of um but you're wanting to try two three four nights there yeah the split stay was my answer to this question too mm -hmm. um and i have a a very specific recommendation for this which is to start mm -hmm. with the new resort and end mm -hmm. with the home yeah. or comfortable resort um because yeah. i've done it the opposite way and I left my my homey resort that I love for a new one. And while that new resort was great, I still missed my home resort. Um, so it's great to start someplace new. And even if it is a great experience um, and even better than your home resort, you kind of know that you're going back to your comfortable home resort at the end of the vacation, the place that you love. Um, so don't make my mistake. Start with the new resort first and then go to the comfortable resort that you're used to and really enjoy to, to end the vacation on the highest note possible. Um, now we are coming up to the summer. And even if you're listening to this podcast episode in October, um, you know, it gets hot in Walt Disney World and someone is planning a trip in July and is asking how to beat the heat with a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, I had this experience recently with Maggie. She was a seven and a half month old, but we went in August and it was extremely hot. Um, so with kids specifically, I, I'll just jump in and say the baby care centers are a wonderful place to beat the heat specifically. It's not the only place, but there was a time on our Animal Kingdom day, it was extremely hot. I mean, it was in August, but there was no rain in the forecast. Rain is actually very good in the summer in Disney because it cools things down for at least a little bit. Um, but there was no rain in the forecast. It was like 96 degrees. It was extremely hot and humid. Um, so we went into the baby care center for a little bit. It's quiet. It's air conditioned. It's great for really young kids. Um, they have lots of conveniences. If you forgot diapers at home, um, 
if you forgot like baby wipes like there's there's a lot of things that you can you can get in the baby care centers um they do have quiet rooms they have when i went in there there was a there was like a family watching cars while one of the kids napped the other the other older boy was just watching mm-hmm. cars um really really a great place to chill I know all the places to cool down at Disney as well. So you can always reach out to me if you're curious Um, (laughs) at all the different parks. I have my spots um, that I like to go to, to sort of quiet down and get cool shows. Disney shows or indoor shows are a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Kim, any other suggestions, uh, whether with kids or without kids for sort of beating the heat in the summer? Yeah. Um, well, a couple. So I would suggest having at least one, but maybe two sit down meals scheduled and booked because then that gets you out of the heat. It guarantees you to be in AC, whereas the quick service, usually it's outside. You have to kind of scramble to find tables sometimes. Um, so to like make reservations, again, use our services to help you with that for lunch and for dinner. I think in the summertime, that's more, usually we just say like, you know, book one dining reservation during your day. But I think in the summertime to kind of break up the day and get out of the heat um, and take the breaks, go back to the resort, take a break in the middle of the day and go back, take naps, go to the pool, um, take those breaks. I think some people, sometimes they're spending a lot of money, totally get it, but it's okay to take a break during the day, go back to your resort, it's good for everybody to take that break and to kind of, you know, all get back to a Zen moment. It's hot. Everyone gets tired. Take that break and then go back to the park after you take the break. I think, especially during like the really hot time of the day, try and go back um, during that time. Absolutely. Colleen, anything else to add? I know you've got Molly as well. So you've, you've sort of uh, had to yes. test this out too. Yes, we have. We went in December with her, so it wasn't quite the heat, but then we did go on. (laughs) No, we went on the Disney cruise. We went on the wish with her. So um, just making sure you have the right supplies with little ones too is super important. And that's something we always make recommendations for our families of like what products and things to get. So um, I have a great little um, Mickey fan. It's not actually Disney branded from Amazon. That was like 10 bucks. Um, It functioned as a great fan to cool Molly off, but she also thought it was a fun toy and it like made her laugh hysterically. So it <laughs> it was great. So we use that quite a bit. I know a lot Amen. of our families with like, yeah, with uh, slightly older kids, you know, maybe grade school age, love like the spray bottle fans, which I know not everybody loves those because then the kids are like spraying them all over the place, but they do work. They cool you off. Um, there's the cooling towels that you can like buy and put around your neck. There's also fans that you can like kind of wear that like fan your face directly then. Um, So there's a lot of different things like that. So we kind of throw those options out for our families and and help them figure out, you know, what makes the most sense. Oh, and there's also we have for Molly um, the stroller fan that like you can kind of clip onto the stroller. That's a no brainer. Um, So things like that, um, I think, you know, just in terms of having the right supplies, like those are good go-tos for a lot of our families with little ones and with adults. Yeah, it all helps. The stroller fan, I I actually have a whole packing list that I posted on the Imagination Skyway website. I'll plug it for those listening to the podcast in the notes of the show so you can go back and see everything we packed for the summer. Remember your sunscreen, especially for the little ones. lots of interesting things that we had thought of that we added to our packing list so I'll, I'll plug that there as well um you know dining came up and that's sort of the the last major topic i wanted to talk about when it comes to trip planning because dining is a really uh it's not like anywhere else right like if you if you go to a, you know new york city for instance or i am like you there's you can always get a reservation somewhere and and at disney to be fair like you can always eat somewhere you're never going to be missing out like you're never going to be starving there's always some place to go to go to eat um but especially when it comes to the popular places at the parks i mean cinderella's royal table came up as an example from one person who's interested like how do i get a reservation at cinderella's royal table um or anywhere else you know do you have any any recommendations on booking dining and a logistical question that came up that I thought was interesting was, um, you know, do you need to book a, well, I already know the answer to this one. Do you need to book a park reservation if you're dining in a park 
um, before you book the dining reservation. Technically, you can book the dining reservation first, but you should still buy the park ticket and and book the <laughs> and make it get a theme park reservation because if you have a dining reservation it doesn't matter if you don't have a theme park reservation, like they're not going to let you in, even if you have a, a dining reservation there. So still recommend getting the theme park reservation first, but um, coming back to the question, recommendations for getting um, popular uh, reservations at popular places and what to do. If let's say like someone's saying, Oh my gosh, I'm going tomorrow. I have no dining reservations. Like any recommendations you have for them. Yeah, I'll jump in here. So I would say if you're outside of the 60 day window, great. Take advantage of that 60-day window. Um, you need to know exactly which reservations you're going for each day and for what meal and how many people. So put in the advanced work to make sure as soon as that window opens 60 days out from your trip, you are able to go on that morning first thing and book all of them. Um, I would say if you're within the 60-day window for the popular spots, um, and sometimes even with the 60 day window, you know, that doesn't guarantee you're going to get a Cinderella's Royal table space 220, Topolino's terrace. I would say for breakfast, those would be the three most competitive right now that we're seeing. Um, if, you know, so sometimes even at the 60 day window, you're not able to get them because they get booked up so quickly and they are so competitive. But, um, so if that's the case, or if you're within the 60 day window, what we recommend, um, if you're not working with us doing this yourself is just checking back as it gets closer. Disney has changed their cancellation policy to a two hour window instead of doing it, you know, the day before. Um, the exception is Cinderella's Royal Table, but again, you know, make sure you check the restaurant beforehand, but most of the restaurants you can cancel up to two hours before. So as people are at the parks and making changes to their plans or, you know, a child's having a meltdown and they're needing to go back to the resort and they're like, okay, we're not going to make it to dinner. We're going to cancel. Keep an eye out on the app. So another reason to have your phone with you, keep an eye out on the app and keep checking back because I tend to see the most opening up like the day before or, and now because of the change in the cancellation policy, the day of even things do open up. So if you have that flexibility and you're trying desperately to get into Topolino's Terrace for the character breakfast, you know, I would say just keep monitoring the app, play around with the different time options, play around with the group size options. Those are just little tricks and things to, um, you know, kind of help see what pops up um, in Disney system, because it is a little bit of a, a guessing game sometimes with, you know, um, playing around with the numbers and times and all that. Yeah. And I'll also add, if you want one of those popular, like Cinderella, Topolino's breakfast, put it at the end of your vacation to try to get, because the window for people's vacation has already opened for the beginning of your trip. So they're trying to get that reservation too. So if you push it towards the end of your trip and try to get it then, you'll have a better chance of getting it. Again, not everything is guaranteed at that 60 day window mark, but um, yeah, I would also suggest that. Yeah, that was a uh, piece of advice I was going to offer as well, is that tail end of your vacation tends to be a little bit more successful if you're getting a popular place. If Especially if you have like a 10-day vacation, you're, you're pretty much set. Like just make it day nine or day 10, you'll you'll probably get your prime pick of where you want to eat. Um, if you are trying to book uh, Cinderella's Royal Table 60 days out, um, it's going to be a little bit harder to do that. And obviously the closer it gets, the harder it gets, um, unless you are vigilant about continuing to to remain on top of it. Um, but that is, I mean, to Colleen's point, like I, I pretty much leaned on Colleen and her team hundred percent to help me get that Topolino's breakfast reservation that I wanted. And they got it. I was like two days before <laughs> the vacation and we left it open, but they got it. Um, so a great reason to, to work with them. But, uh, these were the majority of the questions that were sent in that I did want to answer. I mean, as always, there's a lot of questions. I, I wanted to get to at least the, the big ones, the ones that came up the most, and I feel like this covered a lot of grounds between um, looking 2023 specifically, the things that are different about this year compared to previous years, so the attractions to expect that are going to be closed or opened or events different times of the year. Talking about Disneyland, well, we talked about Disneyland, and I hope all of you listening, if you haven't been, will make the trip to go out there. And then parks, the escaping the heat, booking a resort uh, or choosing a resort, thinking about dining, Genie Plus, I feel like we covered a lot of ground today. Um, if anyone listening has any other questions that 
didn't get addressed, of course, feel free to send them in and we'll we'll add them to the list for the future. Um, but I do want to turn it over to Kim and Colleen. If anyone is interested in booking a vacation with you, um, I mean, I really think there's no reason not to book with Kim and her team at all. Like she said, it's a complimentary service. So you're literally um, having someone do all the hard work for you <laughs> um, at, at no additional cost to you. And you pay exactly what you pay on the Disney on going directly through Disney. So why, again, like I text Kim when I want to stay somewhere. I'm like, Kim, book this for me. And she gets to it. Um, but Kim, if anyone is interested in working with you and uh, and booking a vacation through Magical Park Vacations, what should they do? Yep. So you guys can go to our website, magicalparkvacations.com, and there's a contact button and you could fill out some information and then we will get to you and start the planning process on getting you quotes for your resorts. We'll do all that research for you of pulling the quotes and getting you the best deal too, to make sure um, that you are getting the best deal. I know, uh, Matt, we helped you with that with um, a deal that came out after you had already booked and we will That's go right. in and we will adjust that for you. So you don't even have to worry about it. I like, I think I texted you. I was like, Hey, I saved you money. <laughs> um, so Best yes. text ever. <laughs> uh, well, great. So I absolutely. And I, I plug this in all the shows anyway, magicalparkvacations.com and um, what we should talk to you, Colleen, because, you know, in the past I've always said, follow WDW park planners and wdwparkplanners.com. Um, and I know I said it's a no-brainer to work with Kim and her team, but it, it really is also a no-brainer to work with your team as well because you do mm-hmm. really amazing work. I mean, like if if you're listening and you want like to really take your vacation to the next level, if you really want someone to kind of sit down with you and plan out a lot more at a detailed level, how to like they you really get more value out of your vacation when you work with Colleen and her team. Um, but Colleen, we definitely got to ask you like what people need to do uh, since you did a rebrand in order to work with you and your team. Yes. So uh, if you come through Magical Park Vacations, there is an option when you're submitting the form if you're interested in also working with us. So that's always one route. Um, And then Kim will still help with the booking side of things, but then we seamlessly hand off to our team of concierge planners and you would have one planner specifically working with you then. So there's that route you can come through. Um, Obviously on Instagram, we are uh, the park planners. Uh, New website's not live yet, but coming really soon. So it's still www.parkplanners.com, but that will you know, transition over to the parkplanners.com very, very soon. We also have a forum there. Um, I also get a ton of requests uh, through DMs on Instagram. So that is more than welcome. You can also just, you know, again, submit a form through the website. Um, either of those options are great. I will, you know, I respond to all the DMs personally. Um, and then what we do is once we hear from you, whatever route that is, we'll set up time for a call. Um, so we can, you know, kind of chat through your trip if you're booked or not, um, talk through, you know, just some of the the plans that you have in place already, what you're hoping for, get to know you and your family a little bit. Um, and then we'll kick it off from there with all the planning. Perfect. Well, now everybody knows where to go. Um, and please mm-hmm. do reach out to them. And if anyone has any questions, you can also reach out to me. I'm happy to point you in the right direction. Um, if you're not sure who to reach out to first or have any other questions about the services, you can reach out to them directly or reach out to me, whichever you are more comfortable with. But um, Kim and Colleen, thanks for joining me again um, this year to go through some advice for trip planning. You always both do such amazing work. Um, and again, I learned a lot by working with the two of you. So I appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks for for being guests on the show. Great. Thanks so much for having us. It was fun as always. We love doing this. Anytime, anytime. Bye, everyone. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I sincerely hope you enjoyed our conversation and found it helpful in planning out your Disney vacations for this year. I want to give a big thanks to my friends Kim and Colleen for joining me for this conversation. Of course, if you need any advice or simply want to have an even better experience at Disney, I cannot recommend them enough. I 
of course, always talk about Magical Park Vacations and the park planners. I really do want to encourage you to reach out to them if you want to take your Disney vacations to the next level. I talked about it in our conversation today, but Kim at Magical Park Vacations, for me, it's been a non a no-brainer to work with her just to reach out whenever I have a upcoming reservation. I'll literally just text Kim and say, hey, Kim, looking to go to Disney on these dates. I uh, want to stay at my favorite place, Coronado Springs, or I'll sometimes recommend someplace else can you let me know what's available she pulls those quotes lets me know what's available what cost it's going to be it's always the same cost that you go directly through disney but then she goes ahead and books it for me it saves me time and it is a wonderful way to just get the most of a disney vacation and she sometimes points out things that i don't even think of um, in terms of helping to save money or making my vacations even better and then the park planners colleen does an incredible job with her team of planning out the day-by-day itinerary as she talked about in this episode she her first step is to really have a conversation schedule a call with you and your family to go over everything how many people in your party what are your preferences um you know for kids how tall are they how old are they because this impacts the decisions that they make as well they come up with a plan for you and in my case they have really helped to help me think differently about my Disney vacations. They do this all the time. And even for me, someone who's gone so frequently, they have really helped me to think a little bit differently about my Disney vacations and make it so much better. I'll stop the sales pitch there, but I really do want to encourage you to reach out to them. If there's anything they could do to help plan and book your Disney vacations and make them a little extra magical for you, again, you can reach out to them at magicalparkvacations.com and wdwparkplanners.com although as colleen mentioned there will be a new website coming and i'll include all the information in the show notes of this episode and you can reach out to me if you have questions as well speaking of questions i want to turn this conversation over to you and ask what other questions do you have about planning a trip to walt disney world disneyland or any other disney destination you could send me your answers and feedback and join the conversation by finding imagination skyway on your favorite social media channels we're on a lot of different places i posted this question to a lot of our social media channels including our instagram page and our facebook group you can find all those links over at imaginationskyway.com or just search for imagination skyway on your favorite social media channel. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button no matter which podcast app you are listening on. It could be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. There are so many out there. But if you have a moment, I'd ask a big favor, which is to please leave us a rating and perhaps a review in your favorite podcast app especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those are the two largest podcast apps here in the U.S. and help improve our relevance, not only in those podcast communities, but even if someone searches on Google or Bing or another search engine about Disney, it helps us show up higher in those search engine results as well, even beyond those podcast apps. So I want to thank those of you who have taken the time and helped us to maintain a 4.9 out of 5 stars in both of these apps. It is really humbling and encourages me to keep moving forward and keep making this community even better for you. And I have another way you can help this show out. It's a way that you can help us quite frankly, get to Disney more frequently, help to invest in new equipment to make the show even better for you. And that is by joining our Patreon group, which you can find over at imaginationskyway.com slash community. I have some more information over there for you to enjoy. Shows all the benefits that are currently available, which are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show. I usually add benefits or make them better. I've rarely taken anything away. And there's really a great way, again, to support the show. A portion of all proceeds do go to various charities throughout the year so I try to do some good through this community as well but you can enjoy perks like access to a private Facebook community just for members. We do watch parties, which are so much fun. We do them just about every week. We have bonus podcast episodes for you to enjoy. One of my favorites and one of my members' favorites is the binaural audio recordings from my Disney vacations. I have over 60 of them that you can go and listen to and you can even uh, download them to the Patreon app and listen on the go even when you're not on Wi-Fi. So if you want to feel surrounded by Disney, the Disney magic, it's a great way to enjoy that as well. Um, Lots of different benefits that are available to you. And again, subject to change to the best thing to do if you want to help support the show and learn a little bit more is by heading directly to that page, imaginationskyway.com slash community, or reach out to me directly if you have 
any questions. Last but not least, I want to encourage you, as I always do, to go after your hopes and your dreams. In this podcast episode in particular, I want you to envision your dream Disney trip. And I notice a lot of times what people do is they use the words someday or one day. One day I'm going to take that Disney vacation. I know there are sometimes barriers to making that vacation a reality. You might have a budget constraints. You really have an ideal dream that you want to fly around the world and see every Disney park, for instance. That obviously requires a large budget. Or you have time constraints. Maybe you can't get the time off from work. Or you have other challenges or obstacles. But I want you to think about what those obstacles are. And if there's a way that you can, in this year, in 2023, overcome those obstacles. Now, I don't want you to go crazy and spend your entire budget and blow your savings on one Disney vacation. That's not what I'm advising you do here. But think about how you can transform that dream a little bit. Maybe it's not visiting every Disney park around the world, but maybe this year you make the decision to go to Disneyland Paris if you've never been before. We had a whole trip planning episode, two parts, about Disneyland Paris from this fall. And even I wanted to show you all that this is possible despite what challenges you might face. For instance, for in our case, Disneyland Paris, I said it's easier than ever to go. And I am putting my money where my mouth is, literally going to Disneyland Paris this summer with Joanna and with Maggie. She's only going to be a year and a half old, which I know you might think going across the pond to Europe with a one and a half year old is going to be really challenging. But I want to show you that it's possible to overcome these obstacles. So I encourage you to follow along on our journey. But whatever it is you're dreaming of doing, especially when it comes to a Disney vacation, think about how you can reframe that decision or that dream to make it come true true in 2023, either by shifting around your constraints within this year, or maybe by making some tweaks, making it a first step to a dream Disney vacation in 2023. Remember, as always, that inspiring quote from Walt as well, which is to quit talking and begin doing. That's a great way to Uh, Start talking about your dreams and start making them come true. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, as always, if we can dream it, we can do it. Welcome space travelers. Space Mountain is a thrilling, high-speed, turbulent, roller coaster type ride in the dark that includes sharp turns, sudden drops, and stops. Before you embark on your adventure, please place all hats, glasses, and loose possessions in the storage pouch located directly in front of you. To prepare for launch, pull the lap bar toward you. You are now ready for your intergalactic adventure. Thank you, and have a great flight. When you're at Walt Disney World Resort for the world's most magical celebration, every moment is amazing, the joy is never-ending, and the memories last a lifetime. Because when you celebrate with us, nothing could be more magical. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your Walt Disney World Resort vacation today. Call 585-662-3686 or visit MagicalParkVacations.com.